Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Uh, let's take a break with Steven, with Steven Seamus. Nice to see you again today, Alex. How you doing? You as well, sir. Wonderful. Good. Good. You ready for our second show? Aces. Uh, I think we, let's do it. Yeah. I think we got some good stuff for today. So uh, why don't you kick us off with your first topic? One thing that's interesting that's happening in this world right now is like signature series and CGC and what they're doing. Yeah, you know, I, I see more and more they're setting up these private signings in their mm-hmm. office. Uh, you could just mail your stuff away. Um, certainly with everything that's going on with, uh, with you know, some of, some of the creators like George Perez that are, that are a little bit older uh, and maybe more susceptible. Uh, what I'm seeing more and more is that CGC is doing these private sign-ins in the office, which is great because, quite frankly, they make it very simple. They make it very easy. Mm-hmm. And I do think that over the next 12, 15 months or however long this goes on with conventions where, you know, you're not necessarily going to be able to meet top creators in person or have them sign your stuff or do CGC signatures, witnesses, that, you, that this is a great alternative to having to go somewhere, show up, and, and, and get your book signed. Yeah, totally. And, and, you know, another thing is, and I, we can get into the whole creator's rights and how much money they're making off the stuff they did in the 80s and stuff and all that stuff. A lot of these guys, conventions are a big source of income for them. I mean, you know, not taking something that maybe is 25 to 40% of their yearly income away for the whole year. I mean, this helps them too. You know, it's helping, it's helping these creators keep afloat so they don't have to find another job or, you know, be able to pay rent and everything. One other trend that we did notice is a lot of artists that you could never get a commission from, like never do work at home, never do commissions. All of a sudden it's like, you go on Instagram, it's like, oh, this person's taking stay at home commissions. This person's taking it. So I think in some ways, this has presented an opportunity for some people who may have been limited in either getting an autograph, showing up somewhere, maybe having to fly somewhere, get a hotel. Yeah. Maybe they couldn't get the days off of work. Now they can get a commission from some of their favorite creators. And they can get their books autographs. Obviously, it's not the same as meeting the person, talking to them, having a conversation. But even when conventions were multiple times a weekend, every single weekend, there were times where I would look at a guest list and be like, wow, I wish, I wish we had that person at our show. Or I wish yeah. we could fly that person in. Or I wish that person would be able to travel more than once a year from this country or that country. So I do like the idea that CGC is doing this. I do think it will actually enhance the market because as we've seen with autographs, with yellow labels, with all this merchandise, as there is more stuff in the market, Funko Pops, signed Funko Pops, we've seen that trend. As there is more stuff seated in the market, it actually does create additional desire to get all the completists, right? That's, yeah. that's what people are. Oh, I have six issues, now I need 10 issues. I have 10 issues, now I need 20 issues. Yeah. Um, and I do think, and, and on top of that is, we are not sure what people that are most susceptible are going to be coming back to the shows, even when the shows are reopening. Yeah, it's going to be a big reset for a lot of things. Um, we'll just have to wait and see. But again, you know, this is a good way for people to keep in their hobby, keep creators with money, you know, and, and getting things done that you wanted to do in the year, but unfortunately we can't. Right. So if you're, if you're looking to do anything, CGC has some great signings coming up. Clayton Crane, George Perez, Chris Claremont, Frank Miller, Frank Miller yeah, Scott Snyder. One. Yeah, Scott Snyder, Donnie Cates and Ryan Stegman, good one. Tom King, yeah, Greg Horn, and I think yesterday I just got an email which they just posted, uh, Jimmy Pomiati and Amanda Connor. Yeah, and the, and 
to me, the prices aren't bad. I mean, when you're thinking of sending in a book instead of, again, like you said, hotel, flight, admission to a convention, and then paying CGC and playing the artist, look, this is a really good way to go. Absolutely. Absolutely. Cool. All right, Alex, what's next on the list? Uh, you know what I've been seeing? And I, I think we talked about it a little bit before, but Red Hulk, first appearance. Crazy, right? It's Crazy. Nuts. It's nuts. Crazy. The interesting thing about the Red Hulk is, is by my count, there is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight different variants. For number one. Uh, yeah. It, it, yeah, it is a little tricky keeping track of all eight variants. Uh, and they do have different uh, populations. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you've got the McGinnis one. You've got the Dynamic Forces one. You've got the Hero Illustrated. You've got a, a, a second print. You've got the Wizard World LA version. You've got the Akuna version. Akuna, yeah. Uh, it, does seem to, it does seem to feel like the McGinnis variant and the uh, Hero variants are the ones that are trading in the $350 to $400 range. If you follow the trend, even just from... A couple of months ago, those books were like half that price. Yeah. So what is it about the Red Hulk that all of a sudden, Alex, obviously you're, you're a voracious reader. You're somebody who's followed the artists and, and, and the storylines for a long time. What is it about that Red Hulk storyline that is just all of a sudden caused this sort of increase? Well, I think, you know, a lot has to do with the creative team. And I think Ed McG- anytime Ed McGinnis is on a, a big Marvel book, people eat those up constantly. Look at all the the Deadpool stuff he did. People are still buying all that stuff. You know the the Hulk the Hulk issues he did where it's just the Red Hulk. Um, I think that has a lot to do with it. I think the main thing is people are still speculating that the MCU is going to have Red Hulk. I think there was rumors in Civil War that Thunderbolt Ross was going to be Red Hulk. I think there was rumors in uh, like an early draft of Endgame where instead of Smart Hulk that we got, we would have gotten Red Hulk. So I I think they're still playing with that. I mean, that actor is still going to be Thaddeus Ross. We, we've seen it again, Endgame uh, and civil war. He's, he's, he's still in the mix. So why wouldn't they? I mean, who knows to see if we're going to see more Hulk stuff in the future MCU films. I mean, why not two Hulks fighting? I mean, who's, who's not going to go see that movie. So I think there's a lot for that character. And again, there's books like you said, I mean, there was a lot of variants and it was a popular book. I remember being a very popular book uh, when I was working in the shop. Um, Again, you know, those are not newsprints. Those are the, the new kind of glossy cover marbles. They don't stay 9.8. Those are very hard. No. What's interesting is, is, you know, I actually was responsible for producing the Wizard World LA version back in mm-hmm. 2008. I actually, my personal preference is I actually think the Turner cover is the nicest, uh, most striking of all the covers. Uh, obviously, Peter Steigerwald, you know, the coloring, he's, yeah. Uh, yeah. he's a master. When we did that event, there were, at that time, we used to give you a CGC 9.8 copy for all the VIPs. So there were 300 copies produced that were already encapsulated as 9.8s. So the pop, pop report on those particular books is disproportionately high. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why those, even though, so there are 660 of those 9.8s. And Michael, at that time, signed a lot at the shows yeah. if you recall he, yeah. he he signed he was very gracious super nice uh, he would sign for hours and yeah. hours and hours and stacks and stacks yeah. of book he was gracious he would never leave any fan if he had to stay at the booth for 10 hours and sign he would stay at the booth for 10 hours and sign and sign for everybody what what a gracious guy yeah and you know and then you look at some of the other ones you know like the hero one at, at 234 units at, at pop report and 664 on the original mcginnis cover 
you know, the reason why the Turner variant is so high is because 300 of those 660 were done just for the, the, the VIP yeah. program. Mm -hmm. But even still, they're tough to find today. And I think, look, for the price, I mean, th those are selling in the 250 range. If you want one of the books, it's probably the nicest one because I think, like you said, with all of those books, the likelihood of you tracking down a copy today. Mm -hmm. Remember, those books were not, they were never like in dollar bins, but they right. were never... They were never like really, really expensive. Yeah, so correct. they've been kicking around for a long time. They chipped very easily. Tracking down a new copy today, trying to get a 9.8, virtually impossible. Uh, I do remember when that book came out and it was the, the, the Turner variant on it was, was, was unbelievable. Yeah. So, so yeah, so we've seen that with the, with the Red Hulk. And if they do, if you are correct, if they actually do wind up incorporating that at the MCU, I mean, you're talking about these books are trading anywhere from Two hundred fifty to four hundred dollars plus now. Yeah, yeah. With rumors, right? With rumors. Imagine when it actually gets confirmed. So that's something to keep an eye on. Uh, my, like I said, my personal preference is is the is the Turner variant. Uh, the McGinnis variant has a very very low pop Beautiful. of seventeen. Mm -hmm. The second print has a low pop of fifty eight. Uh, those are probably the, the the two to take a look at. Yeah, agreed. All right. What else we got, Alex? Uh, I caught it, um, and I loved it, and I loved it when the original series came out, and I bought every issue like a fanboy should. Uh, but Star Girl, Star Girl just got released on CW. Um, you know, starting with their, you know, CW's knocking out a million uh, DC shows, and they're all good. Someone must carry the torch. I'll try. Not you. It's definitely not you. What is this thing anyway? It's called the Cosmic Staff. It's not supposed to work for anyone except Starman. So it's funny to see something like Stargirl, which I believe only had 14 issues. Barely anybody I know read it. Um, and now it's, it's getting hot. It's warming up very quickly. And the show just released. I think you'll see it in the next couple weeks. Keep going higher. And then as soon as I'm sure they'll announce another, a second season and that's when they're going to jack up. So when you look at Stargirl mm -hmm. and the history of the character, in 1999, she first appears as a version of the Star-Spangled Kid, the second version of the Star-Spangled Kid, in Jeff Johns' first professional work in Stars and Stripe number zero. That book only has 57 blue labels right now. So even still, that book is a very low-pop book, 21 years old. Yep. Uh, not really that expensive right now, Alex. So the last one, Alex, sold at $335. So that book is starting to bump yeah, up because of the amount. TV show. Definitely picking up some heat. Okay. Then four years later, for the very first time, in JSA All-Stars number four, she appears as Stargirl. Mm -hmm. That book only has six blue label pop. I don't know where wow. you're going to find copies of JSA All-Stars from 17 years ago and try to get 98. I mean, you could probably go dig in some long boxes, and I don't know that dealers have even pulled those out yet because the show just aired. Yeah. Hasn't been on very long. Still below the, the radar a little bit. It's probably a $15 or $20 raw book. Um, I don't know that you're going to see any for sale for a while. And if you do, I, I mean, what, what price are you going to charge for it? Yeah. Why I would mean, you even bother? Yeah. For, 14 issues, I believe it was. And at the time, nobody knew who Jeff Johns was yet. He didn't, he didn't skyrocket until a little bit, you know, a couple of years later in the early 2000s. Uh, so, you know, finding finding just any of those copies of those books that's not in just someone's someone someone that just buys everything's house, uh, you know, 
for the, the population report on those has to be low. There, there's no way that number zero, and number one were very high at all. Right. So if you're, so at this point, I can't even tell you to go out and try to find a copy of JSA All-Stars number four in CGC 9.8. My recommendation to you is if you go online and you see a copy, try to get a high risk scan. Obviously there's no shows to go to right now. Try to get a high risk scan. Quite frankly, even if you get a 9.6 now, you're probably okay. Yeah. But again, 17 year old, 17 year old book, where, where are you going to find it? Right. Yeah. So that's going to, that's going to be another tough one. One to keep an eye on because as the show progresses, and this will. is not a book that you, these two books, 1999, 2003, not going to be easy to find. Yep. All right, Alex, what do you got next for us? You know, I was looking at some stuff online the other day about Suicide Squad 2. And right. I, I think more so than Suicide Squad 1, I think James Gunn's is going to go bananas. And I think people that are going to be in that movie are going to, you're going to see a lot more people picking up those books of, of all the characters he's got in that movie more so than the first one. Uh, I mean, John Cena as peacemaker. I think that's going to, I think that's going to go way overboard. Absolutely. First of all, Cena yeah. is, is, is globally known now. Yeah. Just, you know, he's one of the few mega stars of the WWE that has become global global. Mm-hmm. When you think of Dwayne, the rock, Hulk Hogan, yep. you know, you know, Cena is household name, household name globally. Like, yeah. you know, Memes. people's grandmothers, yeah, people, <laughs> people's grandmothers know John Cena, right? Yeah. Like yeah. everybody knows who John Cena is. This is going to be a big role for him. Uh, appearing in a jo- uh, James Gunn film is a total lock for anybody. Yep. So we did a little bit of research. The original Peacemaker of, mm-hmm. of Christopher Smith, the character that John is portraying in the film, appeared many, many, many years ago in a Charlton mm-hmm. books. But the character, even other than sharing the name, really doesn't have that, uh, the look and the feel of the character from the 1960s. Yeah, it's I, I doubt he's going to have that helmet. I don't see John right. Cena with a giant right. white helmet with the bird on it. So, so if you're looking for the first modern appearance of that character with the right look and feel, it appears right now that it's Blue Beetle number three. Of all books, right? Blue Beetle number I'm three. Uranus, yeah. I mean, I mean, where are you going to find copies of this book? Yeah. So, so, Alex, this book came out in 2006, Blue Beetle. Yeah. I mean, this is a book that had uh, – you worked at Midtown at the yeah. – or uh, you were, were you working at Midtown at the time? No, but I was buying the books. I mean, you're buying books. I mean, yeah. how many copies were the printing of Blue Beetle? Quite I, frankly, I don't think that's six. I mean, sure, the first right. couple issues, but not by number three. I think by number three, no. usually you get some drop offs. Right. So, Blue Beetle number three, it was not a book that was widely read. It was not a book, certainly, that was widely collected or, or, or held in, in high condition. Not from speculators, you know, no way. No, no, no. So, you're talking about a 14 year old book at a, for a character at the time that. I mean, until they announced John Cena as Peacemaker, I don't think I even knew there was a Peacemaker character. Yeah. Right? Did you even know that Peacemaker existed? As a Charlton fan, yes. But past <laughs> that, no. <laughs> you're, you're one of the very, very few. I mean, yes. So all of a sudden, John Cena's playing Peacemaker, right? It's like Kit Harrington playing Black Knight, right? Yep. All of a sudden, yep. everybody has to have Black Knight, Avengers 47. Yep. So, and 48, actually. 48 is the one where he's on the cover. So here we are now today, 14 years later, talking about this book. These books are probably in quarter bins. I don't even know if they're in 50 cent bins, Alex. They're probably they're in the quarter. They're giving away at free comic book day. <laughs> like, yeah. They're giving away at free comic book day. This is a book that nobody has. Pop three. Good luck. 
try to find one, buy them raw now, try to get the highest grade you can, try to get impressed, because we all know that when this film comes out and John Cena plays Peacemaker, everyone's gonna be like, oh, where do I get the, and like I said, there's a lot of different versions of the Peacemaker that, has appear, yeah. that have appeared over the years. And you gotta be careful because like something that we just brought up with Kit Harrington is the 2009 Marvel digital only series was not the Dane Whitman Black Knight. And you see people, you know, buying artwork or, or advertising mm -hmm. or selling or, you know, sketching and this and that. But like, that's not the Dane, Knight Black Knight, so Dane Whitman Black Knight. So I don't know that that artwork or, or those materials affiliated with that version of the character are going right. to be the ones they want. You want the Christopher Smith version of the Peacemaker, and that's Blue Beetle 3. Yeah, 100%. Great. What else we got, Alex? Speaking of CW shows. Batwoman, only on the CW. Whatever happens, whatever I have to face, it'll be worth it. Who, who, knows, who knows the behind the scenes, you know, at the end of the day, when these changes get made, nobody really knows what happened, right. why it happened, who it happened to, when it happened, whatever. However, you know, it, it will give an opportunity for somebody else to play the character. The books were certainly on the rise yeah. uh, when the series got announced. And Ruby is very popular. Uh, yes. she's a very, she had a very successful modeling career. She, I, liked, I liked her in The Meg. Uh, very popular John in Orange Rick. is the New Black. Mm -hmm. uh, people were very excited when she was announced. She, I will tell you, when you saw the character in print in the comics and they announced her playing the character, she really does embody the look and feel of the character that you see on the print page. Because sometimes you, you kind of look a little funny and you're like, I don't know, I, I can't visualize it in my head. Is People could visualize Ruby as the character. Mm -hmm. So we'll see if people can... Uh, mentally move away from her to the new character, we've seen a little bit of a drop-off in the pricing. You know, the population is not that low on these books. Uh, she first appeared in uh, the 52 mm -hmm. series, the weekly uh, week seven as, as Kate Keen. Then for the first time as Batwoman in issue 11, there are 1398s of, of issue seven. Not, not high, but not low, yeah. right? So you know, sort of medium range. There's 481 nine eights of issue eleven. That's right. A, that's so there's a pretty high a, book. There, there's a pretty good census on those. That's why you have not seen the skyrocket. I think if the series had taken off and Ruby had been there, like Arrow for or, or Flash for a number of years, mm -hmm. I think you would have seen a, 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 an escalation. Right now, mm -hmm. those books are under a hundred bucks. You know what? They said they're announcing season two. They're going to replace the character. It's probably still worth, if you could buy that book for under a hundred bucks, those covers are striking by the way. Yeah. If you could buy those books for under a hundred bucks, it's probably worth it. So Alex, who was the artist on the, on the series? That was J.H. Williams? Yeah. Yep. Yep. On detective and new uh, detective comics run that she was in was J.H. Williams. Yeah. So that, that was phenomenal run. The covers are very, very striking. And I think that's why when Ruby was selected, uh, they really actually did pick the right actress. Let's see what direction they go in when they recast. Do so they pick somebody who has the same look, that Ruby Rose look, or do they go in a completely different direction and pick somebody totally different like they've been doing with the Batmans over the years, right? Like you went from Affleck to Robert Pattinson. I mean, you really went in a totally different direction. What are they going to do with Ruby Rose? That remains to be seen, but we do know there's a series two. 
Books are very affordable right now. Like I said, not crazy high populations, a decent sized population on, 11, on number 11, but probably still a decent buy for the price that you could buy it for right now. Yeah, definitely. Great. We have anything else, Alex, today? I think, or what? I think that's it for this week. That's it for this week? Wow, yep. the time just flies by <laughs> with you. That's all I can tell you. Great. Well, thank you for coming today. Thank you for being a part of our afternoon here, our little world. And Alex, we'll see you on show number three very soon. That's it. Thanks, everybody. Have a good one. Thanks. Great. Bye-bye. 